Welcome to Smarter Than You Think. I'm Dr. Irene Fambro, your host, or really more like a guide, a friend, a mentor, an instructor, maybe a teacher sometimes, but more than likely, just right beside you, trying to figure it out together. Realizing that you are smarter than you think is about unlocking something inside of you. When we say fancy things like multiple intelligence, yes, it's the work I did in my dissertation, but it's more. It just says there's so many ways of being smart. You really are smarter than you think. Welcome back to Smarter Than You Think. This is the last episode for season two. And I just wanted to take a second and wrap up all this amazing stuff that God really has uh, laid out for us. Season one, I really thought, okay, I have a plan for this one. I feel like at least the Lord laid it out and was really sweet to let me know you know, what each one was gonna be about. And then we kind of took a turn where it was like, hey, but how do we take these different intelligence that we've discovered that there's all different kinds? How do we apply it both to our leadership our leadership to into ourselves practically. And so I love that the Lord was very sweet about laying all that out. And so I think it, I didn't see season two, like taking a turn, like, okay, let's take a leap of faith and just step out on these different things because season two was really a response to some of the things that I heard from season one. And season one, people were beginning to struggle with different things. Like when I would talk about the fact of how intelligent they are, I would get back these conversations and, and these, yeah, but, but, and and all this uh, discovery about, hey, everybody's relationship with being smart has been different. Uh, and it may be based upon your education or the family you were raised in or the different experiences that you've had. But a lot of us have faced a lot of the similar things that the enemy has come after to rob us of our intelligence. And those are lies. And so we began the journey in season two to begin to say very clearly, hey, I just want you to know that your intelligence, as amazing as it is, is not your identity. Who you are in Christ is not based upon your um, your intelligence. It's not based upon your gifting. It's just based upon who you are in relationship to Christ. And Christ gave us that way to be able to enter into a relationship with God, your God. The one that they, the, the word calls Yahweh, it is a personal name for him. It, it is like Abba, Father. I mean, these are places God's saying, I want you to come into this journey to discover yourself because I hope it draws you closer to me. That's the Lord talking to us. That's what he wants you to know is that he put this in you. He wove this in you so that it would direct you to him. So what is the enemy gonna do? How is he gonna keep you from getting this truth? It's the same thing all the way back in the garden that he wants to rob you of your identity, just like he tried to do it with Eve and with Adam. And so what he begins to do is he plants these lies because if he can get you to agree with it, then you're locked into it by very much like a contract because he he's contractually got you in by the agreement of your words, your thoughts, what you've been worrying about, what you've been thinking about, what you've given attention to. And and I hope that you felt empowered by that last um, uh, session that we just did with Dina, because it talks about really saying, hey, I actually am not a victim to this lie. I can break free from it. I can make a choice to do that. And so I don't know where you're at. I, I found myself today thinking about how many of these lies still mess with me today. You know, the question is, is he going to keep throwing these cards out if they work? 
I guess that's not really a question. It's kind of like, duh. I mean, if he keeps playing a card, you know, if you're playing a card game and, and, and if it keeps working, if he, if they keep messing with you that they can actually um, get you to play a certain hand, that's the enemy, you know, then he's going to keep playing that card. And so I don't know if the lies will ever stop trying to bombard us, but my response that's the one that I can shift. I can't shift what that looks like, what people are going to say, what environments that I get into, but I can shift how I see them. When I can begin to see when those thoughts that the enemy wants to tempt me with, and I'm going, oh man, I see you for what you are. You're a lie. That's not truth. And no matter what percentage of me wants to agree with it, I can see what it is and call it on the table. Like, no, you're bluffing. That is not mine. That's not my inheritance. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power to love and a sound mind. That's what Timothy tells us. And so I don't know where you're at, which one of these lies, or even if we maybe didn't hit a lie that you struggle with, but all I want you to know is, first of all, whatever thoughts coming at you is, is it a lie or is it truth? What does God say? Would God speak this over me? Would he tell me that I'm being too much? or that I'm not enough? Could you see God looking into your eyes and saying, hey, you know what? You just don't have enough education. You're just inadequate. Would he tell you that you're behind, that you have no worth, that you're inexperienced? Would he say, oh man, you know what? Too bad enough people didn't validate you. I wish you had gotten the right permission. Yeah, I mean, God said, I provisioned you, but you know, you needed more permission. All those places, all those thoughts, all those ones that keep us either from being quiet or pushing back from the tables of contribution. And, and, and this is what I want you to realize. This is in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. I'm reading from the message today. And so I just want you to know that. That's where I'm at. And you're gonna be like, where? I've never heard it that way. That's great because I want to reorient your mind. I want you to get a new paradigm about who you are in Christ that you are not built on these lies. This is not who you are. No matter how many times they torment you, no matter how many times you think of them, I'm telling you, this is not who you are. What I want you to see is who you are in Christ. And this is what's beautiful is that you are His. You are loved. You belong. You are validated in Him. You were permissioned by Him. He says, I will bring you to the experiences you need. And if you don't have them, then I promise you that I will walk you through the ones that you feel inadequate, that you don't feel worthy of. It's okay because he is adequate, that he is worthy. He will educate you in places that you feel uneducated in, where you feel left behind. He wants to step in and he will actually hyper travel you forward where you feel like you're not enough. He says, I'm enough and I will make you enough. When you feel like you're too much, he says, you are just right. These are the truths that he wants to speak over you. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 18, this is what I love. Paul is talking about all these different places that the church in Corinth is is wrestling with. And one of them is about spiritual gifts. And he says, I want you to think about how all this, and, and I love this because it's what I feel about all the intelligence and the ones we haven't even explored, but even all this wrestling through, I want you to see about all the places that you are intelligent, the, uh, the places that you, you have spiritual gifts in, the places that you have experienced, all the paths that God has taken you down, the journeys that you've gone through. And I want you to see, this is what he says. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. 
It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. Once you begin to explore all the different ways that you are uniquely intelligent, uniquely gifted, uniquely anointed, all of those places founded on this strong identity that has nothing to do with them. It's just those are built on them. They're expressions of them. They're beautiful places you can grow from them. All of this is to show you that you're a part of something, that you matter, that you're significant. Why would the enemy try to fight so hard, feed you so many lies for something that doesn't even matter on this earth? Why would he waste his time? Can I tell you today, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. The enemy is strategic. He is. Thankfully, he's just dumb enough to use the same strategies and we're catching on to him. But I want you to see that he wouldn't go after you. He wouldn't keep trying to undo this in you if you were not significant if you didn't have impact and influence. I want you to see that today. I want you to see how much you matter. It it isn't about how many times that you struggle with these lies. I I want you to see how normal it is. I want you to hear people's stories. And if you haven't, go back and listen to them. Listen to the ones that you're like, "Ah," you know, maybe even the one that you're like, no, I don't think I struggle with that one. Go back and listen to them because what you'll hear are people's humanity. You'll hear that we all struggle with something that the enemy is trying to undo and to deteriorate our significance. And this is the beauty. It's like, I want you to realize how significant you are. And then the Lord also says, hey, keep balancing it out. Even Paul's like, hey, but balance it out, right? Because he says in 19, I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. Okay, this one's hard, right? We're balancing it. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. The moment you begin to hone in and say, I am significant, I have a part to play. You step into that place, but God says, also be sure to balance it and recognize that you are a part of a whole. And so you need to not only recognize when it is you that are walking in these lies, that are feeding these lies, but you also need to see those that are around you as well. Because Paul begins to say in verse 25, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. You know, right now, I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna come back to that because I think that we can become so individualistic as a society. We can drill down into our own issues and our own problems. And I think that there is a place for us to go after the things for ourselves. But God always says, don't forget you're a part of something bigger. Look around. Who else around you needs to hear this? Be you know set free from these lies. Who else might be struggling with this? They won't know if you don't share, if you don't have a moment to say, hey, you know what? I struggle with that too. You know what? That's hard for me as well. If you aren't vulnerable, that if you can't be honest with others that these are some lies that you struggle with, then you're gonna leave them iced out as well. And you're like, ah, you can figure it out on your own. Being vulnerable costs too much. I don't want them to know too much about me. I need them to keep up this persona that I have it together. And God's saying, that's not how it works. I put you in community, not only because you need community, but community needs you as well. Paul says, every part dependent on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't. Okay, this is huge because I think we believe that the places that we contribute, the places that we say something at, you know, the tables that we are around, we value certain tables over others. We say, oh, you know, that that decision-making group matters, but this one doesn't. God says, oh, no, 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 it all matters. 
the ones that we know of and those the ones that we don't, the ones that are mentioned, the ones that are not. Paul goes on to say the parts we see and the parts we don't. And this next part that Paul talks about is the one that I want us to wake up to those around us. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt. But wait, and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into that exuberance. Here's like a really sobering thought for us today. As we wrap up this season, and I know we've been thinking about the lies that we have been struggling with, our relationship with being intelligent. What does that look like? But what I want you to see is that because we are the body of Christ, that where we are collectively will also affect you individually. And so God is asking us to look into these things, to go after this personally, but not just to keep it to ourselves. He's saying, look out, look around you. What? Look in your sphere of influence. Where can you step out? Where can you begin to say, hey, you know what? That's not the truth. That's a lie. A lot of times we don't speak up in these moments either because we think, oh, you know what? I need to have it all together before I say something. I'm not gonna say something to them because you know I don't really feel like I've figured it all out. What would happen if you walked out that journey together? What does it feel like when you're struggling with something and someone comes alongside you and says, I'm right here with you? What does that look like? How could that shift us? You know, the truth is, is that we're waking up these places in ourselves and saying, you know what, you're smarter than you think. I know your thoughts may be for you some days and some days they can be absolutely against you. And we're going through and wrestling that out. But what would that look like if you spoke that into someone else's life? Who do you need to speak to and say, hey, you know what? You're way smarter than you think. Like there's so much more than you recognize. This has been so interesting for me because uh, like I mentioned in the beginning, I did not see this season taking the, the turns and twists that I thought it would. You know, there were a couple of ones that I knew about my own journey. I knew that I struggled with, you know, places of feeling like, man, I'm too much. Or, you know, I, I can see myself in all of the different stories uh, where I can see the, the places where, man, I just don't feel like I'm enough. I'm working through, going after something, even right now. Right now, I have an opportunity to go after something. And um, I had to pull up and, and brush off my, my resume for it. And can I tell you that it was discouraging? <laughs> Gosh, that sounds so weird to say. I said it out loud to my husband and he was like, that's so weird. You have your PhD. You know, he started naming the things, what's true about it. But when I pulled it up, all I could see was what it wasn't. I could see what I thought I should have more of you know, that I'm not enough. Or I could see when I was doing the little timeline of things where the seasons that, oh man, I just, I feel so behind on those seasons that I, I at this age, I should be at this point. Um, I should have gotten more education. Okay, that was probably not anything that I put in there. I'm on the education one. I'm like, look, I already, uh, I finally paid all those off. I, I feel like that one, I might be all right. <laughs> but, um, but the places that, just the inadequacy, I mean, I, sh- I should have had more experience in this. And so I, I think it's so interesting because I am in the middle of this and someone else is probably looking at, at my education or looking at my experiences and go, man, I, if, I had only, if I could only be there, then I would have arrived. That validates me, that, you know, all of those places. And I hear the Lord just going, you're missing it. You're missing this whole season. Well, I, I'm praying it reaches your ears as listeners. God's trying to say something to me and say, I need you to get this. 
This is for you to see as well. And I want you to know as a listener that it is something that I constantly am sitting there looking at going, you need to be honest about what that is. And like I began, is this something you can hear the Lord speaking over you? Just pause for a second and take that in. It's worth repeating. Do you think that that God's saying to you today that you're too much? Is that really his voice? Or that you're not enough? Or that you're just behind? Is it that you don't have enough education? He was looking at you right now saying, hey man, you just don't have enough education. Would he look at you and say, you're inadequate? You're unworthy? You know what? You just, sorry, you're just inexperienced. Is that what the Lord would say? Does he shake his head and think, hey, it's too bad you just keep needing to be validated. You're so needy. Turning, shaking his head, going, she just needs more permission. Give more people permissioned her. It's strange when you pause and I could feel like this cringe all inside of me when I would say those things. I'm like, that's not what the Lord would say. But maybe you need to hear it. Maybe it needs to be that plain so that you can begin shifting. Romans 12 talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds need to be renewed, 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 not just pausing and saying, oh, you know, you know, God, forgive me for that. That's confession. And if you can see someone walking down a road and they pause and they confess, oh, I'm going the wrong way, pause, oh, I'm going the wrong way. All you see is someone stutter stepping forward, but still heading in the wrong direction. And I don't know about you, but I need to repent. I need to say, I have been agreeing with these lies for too long. The moment that I give it a, a, a just even a, gosh, even just seconds on my mind to sit there, I just need to be like, that is not you. I need to do the deeper work like Dina was talking about where I need to go back to where did I originally agree with this? Where is this contract in my life so that I can tear up the original one and move forward in freedom? Taking off all those old labels, all those old lies about who we, who the enemy thinks we are. That's not who God says we are. And so I remind you today that God says, if you think that you are too much, you are missing that you are exactly the way I made you, that I need you to be you in those spaces to show up. Yes, it looks like too much to others, but that's because they're not being fully themselves either. And so God's saying, if you feel that, that's the enemy wanting to draw you, pull your chair back. But he can't pull your chair back from that table of contribution. Only you can. So what does he do? He gets you to believe you're too much. So you scoot your chair back and you walk away from those tables, those conversations, those influence, those phone calls, those coffees from reaching out and asking someone if they want to meet for something. We are the only ones that can pull ourselves away from the table. And you don't realize how many tables you're actually sitting at. You're looking at the one table you're not at. And God's asking you to look at the ones you are. Be faithful in stewarding those. For those of you who feel like you're not enough, God's saying, I need you to see how much. Let me walk through those doors with you. In any place that you actually feeling like you're not enough, he's gonna fill those. He's gonna, he's gonna give you the words to say. He's gonna give you uh, the ideas. He's gonna, all those places that you're like, I can't do it. I won't step in there until I know I'm 100%. God's saying, step through with me and you are 100%. The places that you feel behind, I promise you, walk in faith. Take that thing that's in front of you. You know, um, in the Michael Jackson music video, it's like he has one where the, the, the step in front of him lights up. And it always reminds me that my word is a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. It's like, dun, you know, like sometimes there's a light of something that you know you can do next. 
but it's like you're waiting to see all the lights light up. And you're like, I'll go once I can see six lights ahead. And God says, just step into the one that's in front of you. And he's saying, you may feel left behind, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you warp speed. And there's some places that aren't gonna take you as long. God is not on our time. He's not on our timeline, He's not, but he's not slow. He makes that clear in his word. And so he's got you. If you feel like that you don't have enough education, here's the great thing. There are so many different paths and how that looks like. One, some of them, you're just not valuing the education that you do have because you're wanting to think it should come in the form of formal education and a certificate. And that sounds strange because I paid for formal education and I absolutely believe in it and I love it. But I understand that everybody that's not the path for everybody. And you may have been educated in ways you didn't even realize. And you need to wake up and recognize that. But for there's some of you that you're going, you know what? I understand that I didn't get that, but I can still go after it. But but the lie about education is that it it is the only measure to be able to step up to a table. And it keeps people like, I'm not educated in that. So I'm going to step back. The Lord is wanting to say to you, hey, I want to speak to you. Let me educate you as well. And looking in the different places, there's so many men and women in the Bible that did not have formal educations that God spoke directly through. God's saying, please don't let that be the thing that keeps you from contributing. Maybe you feel inadequate. In those places, God's saying, let me show up and show you the adequacy you have because of my son who came and died for you. They wanted to be, so that the Holy Spirit would come and live inside of you and help you to bring you peace. Your worth was established by what Christ did on the cross, not what you do on this earth. You may feel inexperienced. And he said, I still have you. Stop living your life based upon the resume of this world. Look at what God says. If I brought you to this opportunity, then he says, then I, I know that I'm gonna empower you to be able to step into those places fully. He wants to validate you today. And it is okay, as Tim is showing us, to even say we need validation in healthy relationships to say, hey, can you speak into this? I need this. That was so healthy and freeing for me. I don't know if you saw me just like have all those like brainwave babies in that one, but it was huge for me to be able to say, hey, that's okay to need it. And to recognize that he is permissioning this in you. I hope you feel empowered by him. I hope you feel the thrust of the Lord behind you going, you are significant, you matter. And what that means is that when you don't show up to these tables of influence, when you, when you shut down, when you decide that being offended by somebody is gonna keep you from saying something that you were supposed to say, when you're, you're letting that hurt continuing to shut your mouth at tables, God's saying, please no, it hurts us all. We need you. You are so much smarter than you think. You, we don't even realize and God wants to speak to you and say, I don't think you realize all that I wove in you in your mother's womb, but I will spend the rest of your life trying to show it to you. Season two has been about going after the lies behind being smart. And I pray that you do the hard work to go after those, to no longer settle to believe with those, to go rip up those old contracts, those original contracts with those lies and say, no more. I will not live under that. I will not live under the master of lies. That master is a cruel master. You are worth more. You are significant. Thank you so much for joining me in season two. I look forward to seeing you in season three. 